Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by SoRare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined as always and once again after a week off by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. Andy, I got a lot of crap for taking last week off. And you were just like, man, it feels like it's been forever. Is it just that there's not enough SoRare content that people just like need to have this every week? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not going to be the judge of that. Um, I think that there's, uh, yeah, obviously there's a lot of stuff out there. I don't know that there's a lot of like regular, like weekly type content though. I will say I give other people a lot of crap when they like, I think Nellis took a week off once around Christmas time. And I was like, how dare you? How (laughs) dare you, sir? And then Quinny's Pro Procast, what Pro Procast? Yeah, I always mispronounce that one. And I said, "What did I say?" Pro Procast. Oh yeah, Procast. But anyway, that stopped, and I was like, "Quinny, you can't stop." I had like a spot in my week for that, and um, so for everybody who has come back after the week off, which feels like a month, thank you for coming back. We definitely appreciate all of uh, all of you guys watching and listening. So hello to everybody in the chat here. Mike Bastin was hoping that I would be speaking French by now. I do not speak French. Not even really a little bit. Um, not a um, sentence? Not really, no. I, I have to say, I wasn't really going to talk about the trip at all. I, I will say this, at least, that I had, this was the first time I had met everyone I work with. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we have, like, video calls and whatnot. Um and like, I know them, but I don't like in person know them. Like yeah. you, I don't know, like we've never met in person. Um, we are taking care of that this weekend though. So, but, so I was like, oh, they're all like nice guys. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. I will say that the the team at Sora Data is like a bunch of like really good people. Like they're good guys. They're really smart. And it was one of those that like, I was talking to my wife about like, she's like, oh, you're going to meet the guys you work with. And obviously like I work for a company that exists kind of ever somewhere, yeah. <laughs> definitely not in the U S and, uh, they just made the entire trip really easy for me, which, uh, I am not somebody who is like super comfortable in a place that I can basically not communicate with other people. Um, so th- everything they did was just like super helpful. And I felt it was a really good time. I'm happy to be back. The scariest part of the trip was I needed to have a negative COVID test to come back. So I had to take a test while I was there. And the, you know, few an hour or two where it was like, uh-oh, <laughs> if I'm positive, yeah. I'm going to stay here for another five days or so. Um but thankfully that that worked out well. And that's just uh, an extended vacation, right? If you get to yes. stay five more days. Yeah. Yes. Uh, extending a French Riviera vacation without my wife <laughs> <laughs> who's home taking care of our kids was definitely uh, what I was hoping for. So, um, but yeah. So again, thanks. Sorry, apologies, everyone, for taking uh, last week off in terms of SoRare Andrews and the SoRare Data Strategy Show. I will say that the strategy show uh, is going to be Thursday this week, not Friday, because I'm flying to Orlando on Friday. 
Um, Nellis has dropped this on his podcast as well, but a few of us are meeting up in Orlando this weekend to see the Orlando City versus Charlotte FC. Is that what they are? Charlotte I don't, FC? I don't know what their names are. The, FC Charlotte. Something, yeah. Charlotte. Sorry, Trippin. Uh, but we're going to that match. So a bunch of us, Sean will be there. Uh, Andy and I will be there and a bunch of others. I don't want to spoil if you guys don't know who's there and there's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I don't want to ruin that surprise, but Nellis pretty much has ruined it anyway. But there are a bunch of a, a good number of people who are going that I have been uh, dying to meet. So that will be fun. Uh, but that's also why the strategy show will be moving to Thursday just this week. Uh, I don't know how Sean's dogs react on Thursdays as opposed to Fridays, but we'll we'll all find out together. It'll be great. Um, so the topic this week, you and I were going back and forth because amazingly, we had all this extra time to think of something to talk about, and we really didn't have anything that like jumped out at us. Um, so this topic sort of came up because of a few like tweets I had been a part of, and it really revolves around like what happens when the so rare user growth stops growing or when the user when? base stops growing. What do you, when, what? If, does it just, oh, it's just always going to know until everyone on earth. Well, at some point when everyone on earth is on so rare, <laughs> I guess there are constantly people who are turning 18. So we're just going to work on that. But there might be a point where things slow down and then it's kind of like, well, what happens to everybody? And I think that we had to, this is like something worth talking about because the way that a lot of people look at so rare may not be the way that so rare wants us to look at it. And I think that their goals as a company uh, may not be aligned with so many people's view of what they use the site for and how they, how they use, how they, you know, play the game. And one of the kind of constant things that people say to me in response to a few things are just like, at some point we need people to lose. Like not everybody can win forever. And if you have people who are winning, some people have to lose. And so that's a very big like DFS and poker mentality that like, because it's all like basically all of us against each other. And while that's, Basically the case in SoRare as well, minus the ETH thresholds. And that's, we'll get to that in a little bit. But do you think, let me actually start with this. When you started playing SoRare, did you join like with the idea of, I can make a lot of money doing this and that's why I'm going to do it? No, it was just like, buy these soccer guys and there's going to be a game and um, we're going to try to win more soccer guys. <laughs> And I, and I specifically use use that phrase purposefully, soccer guys, because I knew nothing about Belgian football at the time, and it was just these were just like random guys to me. I was not close to that game at all. It was just like, hey, I'm gonna try to use these guys to win more of these guys. And of course, yeah, I saw like that there were there were guys performing better than others. And, but, but it was not, I was not an expert or I didn't know anything about that soccer in that part of the world. Sure. And, um, you know, part of it was like, yeah, I want to, I want to learn more. Um, I want to get more of these 
cards. Um, I had come from another uh, platform or another game where it was ba basically so rare baseball. It's, I mean, it was a horrible implementation of it, but that's basically what it was. And it, that was that game was collect more, try to get more. And yeah, there was buy, sell, trade. It wasn't to me. It wasn't really to like accumulate more money, though. It was to get the things that I wanted to get. And like on that side, it was like I'm collecting St. Louis Cardinals uh, uh, players, basically. Um, and now, like the cool thing to me with so rare is like. Yeah, I have all these Belgian guys, all these whatever, but there are players that I, I want to acquire now, and I'm able to use other cards that I've acquired over the years or over the time to get the guys that I want. Mm -hmm. So was was collecting like your primary focus on So Rare to Start? I would say, yeah. I mean, um, I was collecting guys that I didn't really know about, um, the West Ham guys, I did like, I knew who Chicharito was and like a few other guys sure. But at the time. I think that like they were in uncovered leagues. Like I think Achoa was, I don't even, I, I guess Achoa was in Liga MX at the time. I think he was back in America, but that was an uncovered league. Like there was a lot of like that where the guys that I did know were in uncovered leagues Sure. Um, or just like not doing anything. I think Chicharito at the time was like doing nothing like where was he at before LA? His, his West Ham time was not fantastic. He was in Germany bef uh, after that, before that. He was at Leverkusen for a little bit. I think he was at Leverkusen before West Ham. And then when he, I don't know. Either way, he was not, it was not like a desirable card. He went to Spain too, didn't he? Yeah, that, that sounds right. It was Peachy. Um, he, he would tell, he's Peachy's yeah, when you slapping him. himself on the forehead because he can't believe MVP, how little right? West um, Ham, Sevilla, that's where it was. And then, okay, okay. And then the Galaxy. One yeah. goal with Sevilla. Oof. But yeah, I think it was more collecting and it was just exposure to something else um, and, and wanting to learn. And it's been a amazing, amazingly fun ride. And I've learned so much along the way. And like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think my own background of like coming from DFS knowing that there are a lot of people who play DFS for like really large amounts of money. And those two people tend to do it for a living. And in DFS, like they, they need more people to play because they win their money. And is that, is that more, is that more for like the G like the, the GPP or the, like the multi-entry purposes, or is that more like the heads up? I need other whale players to play heads up against both okay both it, it really depends on what, kind of like what kind of player you are um obviously like the more cash game head-to-head -head games double ups are uh less volatile in terms of winning and losing because you know big prize big tournaments are hard to win but you win one and then you're usually okay for a little bit but ultimately you need more people to play so that you have more people to beat and you win their money and so th that's what it is and Sorare has kind of a different, it, it feels like it's a similar situation in terms of like, well, we need more people to come in because then our cards are worth more because people want to buy them. But like our winning doesn't necessarily mean somebody else is losing. We've talked about this before of like what losing on Sorare really is because like buying cards and having the value go down. Hey, we're all losers, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
We gave them money right now, for digital goods. We're yeah. all losers. <laughs> um, so the the issue that uh, the biggest difference that I saw when I joined was people who play DFS look at it, and I'm going to steal this from uh, Jordan Cooper, who I did a ton of content with in my mm-hmm. DFS days. That DFS is a is a game of money played with sports names and stats. Yeah. But I, I don't think so rare is a game of money that's played with JPEGs. And I think there are more and more people who think that's the case, but I think they're they're different situations. And that's why um but maybe I'm looking at it incorrectly only because so rare is so relatively young in terms of a business and, and a platform, but it just doesn't feel like there are as many people here just to make money. Or if they are, I think there are many more people on the DFS side who, who are making, I don't want to call it life changing money, but like they, they use that as, as a way to live that they're making enough money that, you know, they can go on vacations with it and blah, blah, blah. And we, we've seen stories of people doing this with so rare, you know, I sold, you know, all these cards and I bought a car or whatever it is, but yeah. it just, I, I think the, there's a, there's enough money in so rare where people are like, this is, I'm doing this to make money. But those, most of those people aren't like, I'm here to make so much money that I'm going to, you know, buy houses and cars and yachts and everything, a pool, if you will. But, but because there are people who have done that, um, then they, they see like, that's the way to do it. Like this is, we're, we're all here to make money as opposed to like, we're here to play a game that we could make money. And, and going back to the DFS thing, obviously there are all these people who play like high volume and they need people to come in. Like they need casual people to come in and just be like, I I like to spend twenty to fifty dollars every whatever it is day week month right to try to win fifty thousand dollars and like I don't think those people necessarily look at it as losing money even though like I think a lot of people you know if you're spending fifty you know you're entering fifty dollars worth of tournaments and you don't win anything you lost fifty bucks but like there are enough people who have like enjoyment out of that process where that's okay with them. And in so rare is the same thing that I think there are enough people who want to do the research and play the tournaments and figure out different strategies and solve like the puzzles that go into so rare. And if they're not necessarily winning a lot, I don't think that means they're losing though. And some people may look at it that way. And I think if you, come in and you buy a thousand dollars worth of cards and you sell them for $200, then yes, you lost. But, but I think that so rare needs to be more of a game. And I think more people need to look at it as a game where they're looking at it as spending money instead of losing money. And I'm not sure how, like, I don't think we're there yet. Like, I think there are too many people here who are thinking of just like investing and making money yeah and like we're playing like fantasy football here like <laughs> this is what we're doing right and i think more people need to sort of accept that this is a game 
that where you can make money, you can win money as opposed to like a vehicle for making money. Does that make sense? Not really. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, I think what makes it difficult is like you have, um, I, I think a lot of people just see it as like whoever's in earliest is just going to be the ones that make money or whatever. Like they see morons like me who got in early, didn't know what they were doing and <clears throat> just accrued, 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 accrued. And like $28 Morioka. Well, I never bought Morioka. No. Oh, okay. um, Jimmer, Jimmer bought Morioka for $12 or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I have the, the, the $12 Achoa, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So like, I, I think people see that, but I think, Honestly, as the platform grows and develops, there's going to be other uh, both avenues for for so, so rare to remain sustainable, whether it's market fees or, you know, right right now, I, I don't know exactly how these agreements with the leagues work, but um, I think it's so rare paying them a percentage or a lump sum of money to bring the leagues on. Yeah, um, that's right. It. At some some point, do you think that there's like a critical mass where it goes the other way around, where these leagues want to be on so rare and they want to be on so rare so badly that they pay maybe so their money coming in? <clears throat> no, no, no. That's a crazy thought, huh? Uh, it's it's more like I don't. It do, that doesn't work anywhere else. Like. Well, how about the NFL, right? They rely so much on, and I, I get that's totally different thing, but they rely so much on fantasy for that for their brand to be successful, right? And is that just never going to be, you know, um, I guess how fantasy soccer works or how these leagues work? Yeah, but that's like you, what you're – initially describing would be the equivalent of like the NFL paying ESPN to run a fantasy game for them. Right. But, but uh, the NFL doesn't require ESPN to license the game. Right. Correct. They just allow it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess my thought is like, maybe there's avenues in the future where they're not having to fork over a ton of money to uh, have access to these leagues. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I don't know. And then uh, I don't also, see it going that way, though. Also, possibly like sponsorship deals where, um, you know, there's there's sponsors for certain tournaments or, or games. And uh, I don't know if that includes advertisements or what, but um, in, in in game advertisements, maybe. Um, but I could totally see there being other uh, as this grows, there being other avenues for Sora to make a ton of money. So yeah. I'm, I'm honestly not worried about like sustainability i'm more worried about are people okay to like come on and uh you know have their quote-unquote roi take longer you know maybe it's two years or three years or whatever um yeah i don't know i think it actually goes a step further that you need enough people to join who don't even think about roi right they just want to collect the cards or right the things just... that they want yeah, like I yeah. think, and I think there are enough people who play other fantasy sports for free and 
and SoRare needs to convince them that they should buy these cards to be collectibles. And while you're here collecting these cards, play this fantasy game and maybe win some more cards. Like, right. I think, I think the reason why SoRare doesn't talk about like how much cards cost, like after the Howland auction, everyone's like, oh, why wouldn't SoRare like really blast out to everybody? Like, look how much this this paid this uh, sold for. Like, I think that re- that would like push people away because they're like, oh, I can't participate in that. Yeah, but they're obviously trying to to make this product as accessible to as many people as possible. Right. And in order to, I think, I think literally the key to, to sustainability is convincing people to buy these cards, theoretically to buy these cards for no reason other than to just own them. Yeah. But people, people want to at least have a sense of like hope, like yeah, every, every game week I go in with a sense of hope. And if you look at my results, the last, four weeks, um, you'll, you'll know that like, yeah, I had a sense of hope and whether it was like false hope or, or just my stupidity or whatever, um, it just didn't, it didn't pan out. And, but I continue playing and I keep going back because there's that carrot at the end of the stick and it's, you know, so rare is just like, Hey, you can win an Mbappe this week, you know? And I'm sitting here like, yeah, I totally can. And, my lineups totally might not be good enough for it, but I've got that I've got that thought in my head that it's it's still possible. Yeah, no, I think and I think that's what that is what most people do is they think <clears throat> of what they can win. And I don't think there's anything bad with that. And I think the the SoRare economy needs that because it, we need people to be buying and selling cards theoretically. But well, it's not even bu- like buying and selling cards. It's just like the thought that like I can win something really extraordinary or really great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I like that's almost like the the thought behind the three dollar DF entry DFS entries where you can win you know a hundred K or whatever the yep. really really big uh, multi entry tournaments and you, and yeah there's like probably millions of fish that enter those tournaments and I shouldn't even refer to like people like that is fish. They're just kind of people that are playing the lottery a little bit. Yep. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that like we're missing a little bit here. Um, I don't know. No, I I think that's right. Peyton Thompson chat said it's important to think about why everyone wants to win an Mbappe. That's true. Yeah. And I, and I totally get that. Uh, In fact, I, I almost feel like there are only a handful of cards on the platform that anybody really wants to win. Like, is that why everybody's so disappointed on rewards day? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, no, I. <laughs> I think the, I think it's okay, to still look at the monetary value of top prizes like Mbappe or Hallen. Shout out to uh, our friend Third and Schlong for taking home a Hallen today. Yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. the but I think the I think the game aspect of like I think the steps between I'm going to buy some cards to I just won an Mbappe. I think there are too many people who every day throughout the day look at the value of their cards and they're like, I, my the value is not going up or what's going on, 
and they try to they just focus on the on the money too much and not the game and i think in order for so rare to really become mainstream you need more people to think this is a game than a money making endeavor i just don't think that that's ever like i think people are always going to i mean you're going to have both but i think that people are always and i don't even i don't even know if it's like money making endeavor it's more of just like that's a lot of a lot of that is like the purpose driven behind why i'm doing the thing it's i can win the thing it's worth a lot of money right um whether it's making money or not it's like i can get that thing that's really valuable and then i can hold on to it like peyton said important to think about why everyone wants to win an mbappe well maybe i want to win it so that i can put it in my my u23 team and improve it um to and win another one and win another one i guess i don't know or win something else but um yeah and then the money side of it too it's a valuable card and it's something that i feel like will always be worth a lot of money and i would love to hold a card like that for sure for sure i'd love to sell a card like that sure just kidding. um before my next point chani was just saying he was disappointed i if if anybody has not subscribed to Chani's YouTube channel, I highly recommend it, particularly, particularly for his... I, I feel really bad laughing at this. But Chani won a Onana Rare the other day. Or was it this game week? I think Last it was this morning, week? right? Was it this yeah, morning? It no, it wasn't this morning. game week. Yeah. Last game week. Um, a podium prize got Andre Onana, who's the uh, now backup goalie at Ajax, who's going presumably to enter. But it was the reaction video of seeing it. And again, Chani, I apologize for laughing, but the video is hilarious. So anybody go check out Chani's so rare, um channel. I think it's just so rare, Chani. Subscribe, like all his videos because they're, they're very, uh, very good. So, um, but so I still, I still think we, I think you and I look at this as a game and we realize that there's a lot of money involved. Like there's, it's a game that has money involved and we obviously want to win the thing that is worth a lot of money. But I think, I think more people need to look at it that way. I'm just going to go back to that. Like, I think more people need to focus on that side and Jihad brings this up in, in chat, adding like a collectability aspect to this, makes kind of gamifies it a little more. And what's funny is I, when I joined, I was always like, okay, these are collectibles. And then you start playing SO5 and you realize that like prices have nothing to do with collectability except for like a handful of cards. And even those handful of cards, not everyone think like not everybody wants the one of a hundred or a Jersey mint, but if Sorer ends up, kind of figuring out a way to make collecting these things of players we don't necessarily know. If you make that part important, that makes it, I think, feel more like a game because you're like, I don't know, that just feels like more of a game aspect than it is like, let me buy this stuff so that I can win this thing that is worth X amount of money. Yeah, um, I Chris made a... Uh, Chris Quirk made a good comment um, that the, the game and platform, I think, do need to be both more engaging, fun. Um, the game needs to be more gamey, I think, um, mm -hmm. or 
there needs to be more decisions, more, and we've, we've heard that from, I think, a few different guests now. I know HG mentioned that it's not a game, or he claims that it's not a game. Uh, and, and I think Jimmer had brought up that he likes decisions, and I agree um, definitely with that. Like, anytime, anytime I have to, I, I don't robotically put my Champion Europe guys into Champion Europe and just set the lineup and then go on to the next one. Um, anytime I have to make a decision and like, hey, the specialist over here, I can take um, Messi and put him in there. And, you know, like anytime you have to make a decision like that, I think that it adds to the game. Yep. Um, and adds to the enjoyment of the game because it's um, things that we have to research, things that we have to make decisions on. And, you know, and there's probably a, a million other ideas out there that they can add on top of this, um, you know. And like, like this is going to sound absurd, but like even even something like like FIFA, where it's it's an actual game, I don't think that something like that is outside the realms of possibilities. Where you have some sort of ultimate team type experience, and you know the the cards unlock the ability to to enter them into the game or whatever. Um, granted, that's not close, not anywhere you know, we're nowhere near, near there yet, but I don't think that that's like totally absurd to, to state that. Yeah. I mean, like ultimate team is kind of what I keep going back to. Like, I feel like the way that people define losing on so rare is what they also define as spending money on, on foot. And I don't know why one is spending money and one is losing money. And maybe the people who are more involved in ultimate team consider it losing money. I feel like a lot of the people who came over, shout out to Chani here from, from FIFA kind of look at what they spent on that previously. And they're just like, I I lost that money. Like (laughs) that money is gone. Um, I've, I'm not well versed in that at all. So I can't, it's tough for me to like have a real opinion on that. Somebody sure mentioned looks game like, jam in chat. Was that? Somebody mentioned game jam in chat. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I see game jam, it makes me smile. Me too. Yeah. Um, Shani says he could have bought five rare Mbappes with the money he spent on foot. Oh my God. But there it is. Money he spent, not money he lost. So right. like, why are we losing money on so rare? Why are we not just spending it? Why am I not like... Why is the act of buying these cards not looked at as like spending money? I, I don't. I don't like know. I, there's a difference to like to me. I don't. I don't really see the difference. Well, I mean, I think fundamentally there's like a like the way that people feel is different when you say you have lost money or you've spent money. Like if you buy a car, you spend money to buy a car. Like you didn't lose money to buy a car. <laughs> It's just a money drain after that, but still like, I don't know. I, I think there's like, I think there's a money problem on so rare in terms of how people, and I, and I think solving that money problem will help in terms of getting more people to the platform. And somebody in chat, it's, it's already beyond me, but said, I liked this point that they were saying that the value of your cards is a way to keep score. Like, you know, you're doing well if the value of your cards is higher today than it was yesterday. I like that point. Um, I think that that's just kind of another piece to the 
to the puzzle though. Like that's an, another way to like quote unquote play the game, whether it's you're playing SO5, whether you're just speculating on players, buying players that you think are going to perform well and or get better. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that that's another aspect to the to the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I scrolled back. Don Renz was the one who who said the uh, keeping score part, but <laughs> Zarki sounds like progression. Um, yeah, I think I think it kind of goes hand in hand of like the am I spending money on these cards to play this game, or am I lo- or am I losing money to get these cards to work for? this ROI. Like, I think it, it becomes more work when you start thinking of like only the money part. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know how, I, I think the way that Sower becomes more mainstream, like easily mainstreamed is come play our game. And I think they think that they're a game company. And I but think everybody not. who participates in this platform <laughs> does not look at it as a game company. But yeah. I think that's like a big step if they can convince people like, no, no, no we're a game. Buy the, collect these cards, play our game. Maybe you win something. Yay. Yeah, I think I, I, Genic, um need more collectibles like card art, events, merchandise. Um, I love the idea of being able to burn a card and get the physical card. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we'll ever see it, but I, I think that there's a lot of really um, – other things that they can do that they're just not ready for yet or just haven't done. Yeah. Daniel Cooper says, considered losing money on sower as we're expecting a return. FIFA is like buying a computer. You know, you're not getting any of it back. So I think that's the problem is this like expected return on a JPEG. Yeah. Instead of just like collecting them and playing a game and, Alan says they have legal reasons to say to claim they're a game, but like I, I agree, but I also think that they have business reasons to say they're a game because, and I think they should be a game. Right. And I don't know how, I don't know how they separate themselves from being like. I don't want to say like an investment platform. Obviously, it's not that because there are enough people like buying and selling crypto is different than buying and selling so rare cards, even though like you're still just buying and selling something like just because you can make money doing something doesn't mean it's like an investment vehicle. And I think that's, I think not enough people appreciate that. You disagree? I mean, you're just going to laugh at me. That's all. (laughs) It's, it just comes down to speculation and like is investing in the stock market gambling. I don't, yeah. Um, is, um, speculating on a, like to me personally is speculating on a, uh, so rare card, a gamble. Yeah. I mean, we've got into this discussion before, um, on how lawyers would deem this platform versus another versus whatever. I'm not getting into that. I'm, I'm not, you know, I didn't pass the bar. So, um, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to rule on that, but I, I think that, I, I think that it doesn't, I, it doesn't really matter to me, like whether people 
think they're investing or speculating or gambling, um, they're going to think what they want to think, right? Or whether they think they're playing a game. They're all. Yeah. And do, and does Sorare need to try to convince us? Um, people are going to sort of think what they want to think, right? Well, always, yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess they, I guess what they need to change is like the, uh, you know, either the prizes or the actual gameplay to make it more gamey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Chris Quirk commented, Chris, who was on Nellis's podcast this past week, so I highly recommend anybody to go check out the uh, So Far So Rare podcast as well. Um, said how Sora frequently makes the point of play to earn, which instills the idea that you can make money from it. <laughs> That's a good point. That is an excellent point. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I think Chris had a uh, Twitter thread with like a really good breakdown of the Belgian. Yes, uh, he did. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed that thread. So if you get a chance, go follow him on Twitter. And find yeah. Chris, uh, why don't you drop your Twitter handle in the chat and we'll, uh, we'll sound it out. But yeah, I think... So if we if we stay in this idea that it's play to earn and it's a money game and we're all here to make money, what happens when the growth stops? And you joked with me earlier this week because somebody asked me that, and my response was, we just keep playing. Yeah. Is it, is it as simple as that? I mean, we're going to have to just – we're going to have to keep buying cards, right? I mean, eventually guys are going to get old and retire or get hurt and you're going to have to either reinvest by, buy new cards. Um, yeah, we, we keep playing, right? Or if we don't enjoy the game, we sell our gallery and, um, we move on. <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, obviously it's not as simple as that. And you might just be stuck with your cards. If the market, uh, if there's, no liquidity in the market and there's no appetite for buying cards. But, um, I mean, I think that we're talking black swan type stuff there. If, if nobody wants to play the game anymore. Yeah. Theoretically, that's, there should that. always be an appetite for fantasy sports. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris at Chris underscore quirk is the, uh, Twitter account you all should follow. Um, Pap says when growth stops, they go to SO11. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> and we buy more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that is like the silver bullet they got in their pocket right now. And, you know, if they ever just wanted to flip the switch, they totally could. Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn it. <laughs> just there waiting for us to do it. Um. Where was this? Uh, so Sam, what's up, Surface? Can't expect ROI forever, but I think it's reasonable to expect some type of continued portion of revenues to be given via prizes and ETH. That portion should be somewhat constant. Yeah, they have to keep giving prizes, otherwise people won't play the game. Right. Right? Right. But I guess the, the issue is when revenues go down and then the portion that goes to prizes goes down, that's the importance of card prizes, right? Freebies for them. I mean, it's not totally free, but basically. Um, yeah, so Jihad's saying if they eliminate the thresholds, then we'll truly see what happens. Yeah. 
I was talking to you earlier today because I'm the expertise. I don't have the expertise on this, but somebody was talking about some sort of token, so rare token that like would solve everything. currency, right? Right. That solves everything. Can you please explain to me why that solves everything? I can't. Um, and I can't <laughs> explain why it doesn't either. Um, I think that uh, it. I think it's a fair discussion. Um, I'm probably not versed enough to like really have that discussion, but I will say like typically a, a token like that um, involves like governance over the, the platform and voting and like direction, but they have investors that really need to determine the direction of their business. People so who are actually in this to make money. Right. So there's very like they're competing forces and you know, the, we would want like cardholders would want different things than the investors. So I don't think that that ever would, I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it makes sense from a business perspective, but like from like sustainability of the platform, I think that it could make sense as yeah, they can reward people in this token that you can use in auctions. You could buy that token with ETH, to use in auctions. It's almost like their own quote unquote stable currency that they can kind of generate out of thin air. And uh, I, I mean, they would be generating out of thin air and they probably would do some sort of airdrop as well. But um, I just, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know that it, I don't know that it would make sense from business perspective. Again, it, it would, it would make sense because they wouldn't have to be paying out in ETH or be paying out in dollars and real money. But I don't know that like the government governance aspect would make sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the argument that was presented to me on this was like, it would be so much better for, for them because like, like you said, it's just out of thin air. Yeah. I own some out of thin air tokens from other projects and I don't necessarily think like, I think that doesn't sound as good to me. Like if somebody's like, hey, come to this game, they pay out ETH. And you're like, that's yeah. cool. And like, oh, but but soon they're going to pay out in these tokens. And you're like, what? What What do I do? Well, I mean, if you can trade those, like if there's good market liquidity for those and the token is like pretty stable in value, you can, you know, swap that for ETH or US dollar or whatever and you know who would want something stable we're not here for stability come <laughs> on guys I have you checked out ultimate champions at all no because they have a in-game currency yeah two two tokens actually I believe they have and I I haven't the, bought either the, the one reason that like I didn't um didn't really get into it uh, I think I had read that there's no supply cap on the cards, so they have unlimited issuance. I think they have one tier that is unlimited, and they have others that are limited. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Well, I've been I've been informed. <laughs> I tried to buy a pack yesterday, and the site broke down, so I couldn't buy it. But I was trying to buy a pack. Hmm. I've never bought a pack of anything before. What what leagues do they have? Oof. League one. Not to be confused with League Un, although they do have some League Un teams. Okay. I thought they had some championship teams, and they had one or two 
Scottish Premier League. Are we going to have to change our uh, podcast name to NFT Andrews? No. Okay. No. We're not. Uh, no. <laughs> so we remain a so rare podcast forever. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but that was just an example of a, a similar game that that uses tokens that I found extremely difficult to buy. And then I couldn't even buy the packs on my credit card, but maybe that'll change soon. I don't know. They're new. I get it. Throwing pains. I get it. Um, hey, Jihad, you mentioned top shot all day. I don't know what swap is. Tops kick. Yeah. So how are, how are all those platforms doing? Like I still have some all day stuff and I, I don't know. I think that that would be an interesting one to know because I, I know that the whole NFT market's kind of just like it's. I think they're in kind of their own a, a, a weird spot right now where I think some things are really not doing well, but other things still are. Like I think that like there was the big V Friends thing this week, and I think that it sold no, out right? did really well. I think, but yeah, I just I've been so so busy with like other things, work, whatever, life. I don't. I haven't been really following. That whole NFT market real well. All days the NFL one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a bunch of those packs and I just kind of sat on them and haven't really. I never got into Top Shot, partially because I didn't believe the scarcity. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of them, and that's what well, Jay saying is too many were produced. They're very saturated. Yeah, it it, it was less the. So like when I joined So Rare it was around the time that Top Shot was like popular. And the thing that got me that I understood about scarcity with So Rare was I like I knew exactly like how many player cards were going to be uh minted every year and this was pre pre uh limited cards. And I like appreciated that Top Shot was like oh no this moment will only be minted whatever many times. I remember the number being extremely high anyway, but there was no cap on the number of like of moments per player. Yeah. So it's like, are there going to be 10,000 LeBron moments from all, one from each 82 game season, you know, like throughout the season. And so it just didn't, um, it just didn't seem scarce at all. It was like the, like defined scarcity didn't mean that it was rare. It just meant that we knew how many there were. And it was just like, here, buy this thing. We know exactly how many there are. And you're like, how many? And they're like, I don't know, 2 million. And you're just like, this isn't rare at all. Um, what, what I didn't like, I think were, and I, even with all day, like I bought like a Super Bowl pack and I was like, all right, this will be cool. I'll get some cool moments from the Super Bowl. And then first of all, like the, I think there were moments in there that were like from the NFC championship game or something. So it wasn't all Super Bowl moments and it was disappointing. But hmm. then there was, it was just like, the, like I think that you said this in one of the earlier, way earlier podcasts that we did. And it was like, they're not really moments. They're just things that happened. And it was like, oh, a screen pass to uh, from Mahomes to whoever, to Travis Kelsey and he gained six yards. And it's like, yeah. That happened. Yeah. Was that a moment? He got first down. <laughs> it was an important one though. Oh, right. Yeah. Like I, I look back at some of those and I do have, I do have some and the, they're like, yeah, that happened. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't know. And I, I don't know, like, if we ever got moments on, and supposedly we are on so rare, like, well, I think that, like, oh, that's a thing that happened. Are they going to do, like, oh, it's a back heel pass? <laughs> or is it going to be, like, a, a, a crazy goal in an important game? Would you consider the uh, Tati Castellanos nutmeg and Rabona on Michael Bradley to be a moment or a thing that happened? Mm. Jihad's not going to appreciate that I just dropped that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I would buy that moment. I'll say it that way. I think I just it's called just, it a moment. I think it's just a thing that happened. I would buy a, a video of that thing that happened. <laughs> that one specifically. Um, right. But anyway. Uh, Look at us saying we weren't going to turn turn into a non-sober podcast. Now we're talking about Top Shot of all things. Look at us, But, <clears throat> but I mean, so Top Shot was like a money thing. Yeah. Like people saw like how much money it was and they were like, oh, I can make a lot of money doing this. And then it turned out you didn't really make much money doing it. Or a few people did and a lot of people didn't. And I think there's a concern that that's going to happen to so rare because it happens with a lot of NFT projects that. I think the key differentiator is utility. We can play fantasy sports. Um, I think Alan kind of said it before, like there's always going to be people that think that they can beat other people and that's important. And um, just like that, that competitive drive of, of, of wanting to win, but also like I can win and win something cool. I think we'll always be there and always drive the at least be fuel and gasoline for the for the market yeah no that the the utility was certainly one that always um that always differentiated so rare from like any other project that was going on when i joined and i'm not sure i've seen any others that are like it i mean ultimate champions is that similar apparently i haven't played yet so i can't say for sure but uh Plenty of people that I speak to in so rare who are that I speak to because of so rare have started to at least play ultimate champions and they seem to like it so far, but I don't know. I don't, I think we're still, I think they're very, very different at this point. And Mike Basson saying the Modric outside foot pass to Rodrigo last week. Yes, that would, yep. I would, I would throw that as a moment. Yeah. Um, I but, think especially though, because of the stage of it, it sure. wasn't like, it, it was you it mean was, a late April MLS game is not a stage. <laughs> yeah. And like some of the top shot stuff is like a three pointer and a random regular season game, game 64 of the regular season. It's like, okay, <laughs> nothing but net. <laughs> uh, all right. That's fair. Uh, so is there. But so you don't do anything different. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, do you think do you think like moments, like if they did them well, is that a reason? Is that a reason to, you know, people are gonna like flock to the to so rare because we have these moments now? I don't know. Like there's a part of me that wonders if there were enough people who got I don't want to say got burned, but had poor experiences with top shot because they got in late in air quotes that they look and they're like, Oh, so rare is just doing a top shot did with these moments. I'm not going to buy those. And I think we'll oh, find them really cool. I bought one of the first packs on top shot and I didn't make money. So <laughs> how was that possible? 
I mean, sold too early, I guess. I didn't believe in it. And I ended up doing okay on some other stuff. But yeah, I, I bought like the the pr first Primo pack and, and then it was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I sold it and it ended up being worth way more. <laughs> Whoops. What's it worth now though? I don't even, I, well, I don't know. I'm not looking. Yeah, well, that's fair. Was that before MLBC? No, after. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was MLBC like your first? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And they were like, they were like, honestly, they kind of like, like, were the uh, set the set the path for all of this um, kind of sports and NFTs and the intersection and, um, yeah. There were some heavy hitting Sorare managers who started there, I believe. Yeah. Other than yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if anybody here, uh, you'll never walk alone. Mark, he was like the biggest Boston Red Sox fan on that platform. And he only collected Boston Red Sox. And I always got a kick out of that because I guess Red Sox owners and the Liverpool owners are the same people. Yes. So that's the connection there. Yeah. Um, did he like baseball? I don't know. Yeah, just like NFTs and things owned by the. Family. I guess. I guess if we, they ever bring in uh, NFL, I'll be a big Stan Kroenke fanboy, and I'll own all of the Arsenal and LA Rams, and I guess Colorado. Colorado Rapids, yeah. Colorado Rapids, and yeah. Sam was saying Mark knew nothing about baseball. Yeah, for those that right. don't know, I'm from St. Louis, and I'm very salty about Stan Kroenke. So. <laughs> You should be, to be honest. Yeah. You have every reason to be. Oh, he owns the Nuggets, too. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I was going somewhere after that, and I forget where I was going now. Darn. Hmm. Totally lost it. Oh, well. Um, so the, the idea that we will at some point hit like Sora can't grow forever, I don't think. Maybe it can. But do you think if there's any sign of worrying, we see like a mass exodus? I think an exodus is a problem, but I think there's a certain point where we grow and we get big enough to where it doesn't really uh it doesn't really matter if they continue growing because there's always gonna be the sink of either uh, secondary market transaction fees or your guy gets injured injuries um, retirements stuff like that to keep the churn and the flow of the market and money moving so uh, I don't know that's my opinion I'm, I'm probably wrong I'm not an economist and do you think new sports changes anything um I mean like if there's people playing now just to like play because they want to uh, like like be involved with the intersection of NFT and sports, then and if they prefer a different sport, they will they will leave so rare so rare soccer and they'll go play the new whatever they they have. If they if they're a big hockey fan and they come out with SO5 hockey, that they'll go do that. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there's I don't think that there's a big like crossover there. I think that there are people that though that would prefer to be 
involved with a different sport. We have enough people listening or watching this that just heard you say so rare soccer and they're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's called soccer, soccer. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of this uh, recently in terms like when they talk about the new sports coming and I they're obviously going to be U.S. sports because they open this New York office specifically to target the U.S. sports. And I'm in like a few discords where people are like, will you sell soccer cards to mm. buy whatever the new stuff yeah. is? And I think there's a better chance that the whatever the two sports are will have more overlap than like soccer and whatever the new ones are like we are in a position where like whatever sports they add if they're like big u.s sports we're already kind of knowledgeable about them mm -hmm. and so it's like easy for us to just like oh yeah let me get some of those too but i'm not sure that there's going to be like a tremendous amount like i think the the reason they're doing these is to open up a completely new user base yeah and i think sam might be kind of saying what you're you're saying a little bit where it opens up eyes too and from both sides you know the the soccer fans see the baseball and the baseball fans see the soccer and you get people wanting to get involved with both things yeah no i i definitely agree with that coming from a dfs background where those sites basically have everything the number of people who go from anything else to soccer yeah much smaller than the other way around yeah um that's or fair. or it doesn't go at all like at least in the states and like i don't think that they're adding a u a major u.s sport or two or two i guess in order to like increase the number of soccer users like it might help but they're not i don't think that's actually the goal um but it'd be great if it was. So what I think will be interesting is if like a huge spike in whatever the next sport is helps soccer in terms of like, well, there's more revenue, pay out more. And it's like, well, we're going to pay it out because of the hockey guys or, you know, whatever. That seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think it helps because it just gets more eyes on so rare. Like, I, and there could be people in the States. Like, what's funny is that everybody talks about how the Premier League is will change everything like that's mm -hmm. no matter what they add from now on nothing's going to have the effect that the premier league will and i don't even know if they they're going to get the premier league right certainly it's in their plans it like it ha it has to be in their plan whether they could get there or not is different but it's got to be in their plan but adding the premier league is just as important in terms of getting like u.s people interested in so rare soccer like yeah. the premier league is the biggest is the most popular league here. Like we have a major league soccer, but more people care about the premier league. And so right. it's almost like you don't need to open up us sports to get us people involved. You need to, <laughs> you need to get the premier league because that'll get people interested, but I don't know. We'll see what, what those sports do. Would you, would you play a uh, cross sport uh, contest where you chose there like was... a hockey goalie? Two, two yeah. soccer defenders and a and a forward from an NHL team. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and they have a matrix that is zero to one hundred for all the other sports too. I I think. I mean, I think you have to do that. Um, what's, what was interesting? It's funny you say that. <laughs> you think they have to do that? 
Well, no, I'm going to tell you why. Because I, I was talking to somebody about Ultimate Champions, yeah. and they have uncapped scoring. And the first thing was like, well, what's a good score? And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just the most you can get. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And so like, I think people kind of underestimate the simplicity of capped scoring. Because like, yes, you want to get as close to 100 as you can. And it's like, as opposed to like, oh, yeah, you want to score 130. And it's like, well, how many people... How, how many people do that? And you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so having cap scoring for the other sports allows you to like build the games together. There was a, a fantasy oh, but, league. But why do they have to do it? You, you kind of said that they have to do it. I'm, I'm, I meant like if they ever have a plan to like offer these combined. I see. Yeah, they all have to have the same similar matrix. Right. Design, yeah. Like you can't have, you know, hockey players scoring 140 and soccer capped at 100 or have your regular you know tennis scoring go to 150 but then if you're playing it if you're playing serena williams with ronaldo then now she's capped at 100 as opposed to it used to be 150 so you, you just need what to stream would the entry requirements even be for something like that it's like, <laughs> must be tennis player must be hockey player must be defender like uh, right with an L four, with an L fifteen of forty three or below, but only on clay courts as opposed to, yeah, um, it's not our job though to figure that out. But the um, there was a a game or a fantasy league. I wish I could remember what it was called. It was it was basically like a spreadsheet league, but there were enough like fantasy people involved, like more famous fantasy people involved. But basically you had a draft and it was baseball, basketball, football. That might've been in, I don't think there was hockey, but basically you draft anyone from any of those sports, but then you compete in a season long league for each of them. And then whoever has like the most points at the end of the three combined seasons wins. So you would still, you know, you would have situations where like, well, I'll trade you LeBron for Mahomes because I need to get better. My football team needs to get better, but my basketball team's okay. I think it totally makes sense from like the trading standpoint for all that to be like on a same platform where like I can trade my LeBron James for a, a, you know. I love the idea. Whoever, yeah. Whoever. And even if it's, even if you're not crossing the competition, like maybe crossing competitions is a little crazy and, and, and wild and absurd, but like that could maybe be, like a weird weekly special where you have a player, you have to have players from multiple sports or something. I don't know. Um, but I love the idea of like trading across multiple sports, especially for people that want to play different sports and being able to say, Hey, you know, these three guys for that one guy or whatever. I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Jayhad says if they get NHL, I likely sell my champion and challenger Europe players to buy Toronto Maple Leafs and then focus on MLS. Be knocked out of the first love round it. of the year. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know what they do. I don't know when we'll figure out what the sports are, but this year, right? This year. It's supposed to be this year. 2022. Two sports. But who knows? But we're all going to be like, well, as long as they bring in people to make soccer better, we're fine. That's the point. It would be fun to like look at the other sports to see if they try to like replicate 
aspects? Like in baseball, would you have a U23 division? Would they would they bring on minor league teams? Would they bring like I don't know. I just I, I think baseball would be really, 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 really cool. Um, especially if they were able to get access to the entire league and uh, um, minor league system. I mean, it's like fundamentally the first like card collecting vehicle was right. baseball. Everyone in chat's just like, I wonder what the scoring matrix will be. Like, right? We don't even know what the sports are. <laughs> yeah, basketball and and Tommy mentioned basketball. Like, yeah, like how do how do how does how do points work? Assists, steals, and how, like if if it's zero to one hundred, how do you how do you scale that? I don't know. I think there'll be double doubles and triple doubles and triple triples though. Like actual triple doubles. Yeah. <laughs> right. What they actually were supposed to be. The um Oh, where was I going with that? The scoring. Ah well. That's so, another one. Just left. It, base baseball's the weird one though, where it's like a kind of a I I consider it kind of a dying brand or a dying game. Um maybe I'm completely off on that. I don't know. It's just i I've I've lost my love for, for baseball. And I know, I know plenty of my friends and others that have as well. Uh, but I think it would work really well into a game like this. And I think it plays really well in fantasy. So I don't know. I think the, the benefit for baseball is that it's really variant from like a, and like, that's the other thing. Baseball gets played every day and game weeks, like how do they do game weeks? Yeah. How do you do pitchers? Like there's a yeah, and, and there's weird stuff in baseball where pitchers will pitch twice in the same week, and like I, I don't know if you've ever played like season long fantasy. Baseball yeah, but two star pitchers, pitchers are golden. Yeah, there's some weird stuff where they'd have to just I, obviously they'd have to ha- have to hire experts and people that already um, know these these sports really really well and know the fantasy implications of decisions. Sure, sure, yeah, like. <clears throat> season long baseball is very different than um, daily fantasy baseball. And there are enough DFS players. Who, easy, right? What's that? DFS is easy for them to, to create. Sure. The, one the negative one. is that you like middle relievers and closers, like you just never know when they're going to play. Right. And so you could like, you, if you have them in your lineup and you're like, Oh, I'm, Hope this guy pitches the seventh today, you know. Do you have to have a is that an entry requirement as a relief pitcher? No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, like, um, like with so rare cards, if you have somebody who like always plays, like everyone on the field is important. Yeah. But in baseball, you have positions that like don't play every day and that are kind of important. And so I don't know, it's a tricky one. Tom uh Poriker is how I would say said NCA name and image likeness rights open the door to so rare that I don't think they're going to go down that path but college sports would be interesting I'll put yeah. it that way um I think we've speculated enough on <laughs> what it could be so uh is the answer we 
we can't win forever or uh, we can or we we shouldn't? What 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 are we going to end? What are we going to wrap this up on? Well, we were early, so we're going to win forever. Okay, gotcha. High five. So, <laughs> I don't think. I think um, I think we all win forever as long as we are able to give up on losing and accept spending. Can't lose if you're spending. I don't think. I'm glad we solved this. Yeah. <laughs> 68 minutes later, yep. solved it. What else you guys got for us? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, we take a week off and we're solving the world's problems. Oh, yeah. Easy. Oh, well. But yeah, I don't think uh, we solved anything. But if anybody has any comments, feel free to leave them uh, below on the video. You can also reach out to me or Andy on Twitter. I'm an, at Andrew M. Laird. Andy's at ablack86. Um, and if you guys have liked this video or enjoyed the video, if you please hit the like button below. It's very uh, helpful for God knows what reasons, thanks to YouTube. Um, and if you could subscribe to the channel as well. Anybody listening to the audio version, uh, please rate and review it. I'll be honest, <clears throat> the we get many more listeners on Spotify than we do on Apple, which surprised me, even though that's where I listen to my podcasts. But uh, if you're an Apple podcast listener, if you could just uh, juke the stats somehow and put some more ratings in, that would be helpful. Um, Andy and I will be back next week. Don't worry. We're not going to start randomly missing. We'll be back next week, um, possibly with a guest. We're not sure yet. We're going to meet him this weekend. And I don't think we've even solidified that he's coming on, but now we might have to do this. Um, but, oh, Arsenal Dude 48 graduated from Villanova in 2020. Man, sorry, it threw me off. I get the Villanova thing, and all of a sudden I, uh, I get thrown off. But, yeah, so we'll be okay. back next week. I'll be back with Sean on Thursday for the strategy show. And, uh, like I said, Andy and I will be back uh, next week. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you then. See you.